Welcome to Think Bible, the podcast that exists to challenge, edify, and encourage Christian women to think and live biblically, all for the glory of God. I'm your host, Stephanie Smith. Welcome, friends, to the Think Bible podcast. I'm Stephanie Smith, and today I'm here with my friend Arielle Bixby. Welcome, Arielle. Hi. So I'm really glad Arielle is here. If you all have known our family very long, you probably know Arielle's family too. But for those of you who don't, I will share with you. Arielle is a young lady. You can't see her face, so you don't know that right off the bat. How old are you, Arielle? 21. That's what I thought, 21. Um, And my husband and I have been friends with Arielle's parents for a long time. Um, Just one of those special friendships when the Lord knits your hearts together and you know that you are um, just linked. You're bonded together in Christ and that's such a special thing. So it's been fun to watch Arielle as she's been growing up and she's the age of my youngest daughter, Caitlin, close to it. And so they've been friends for a while. And um, a couple of years ago, Arielle came and lived with our family for about nine months, kind of like a gap year after high school while she was debating and praying through what the Lord would have her to, to do and pursue for the future. So that was a really special year for us to have her. She was a tremendous blessing in our home and in our church. But now the Lord has begun to direct her in in some different ways. And so I've asked her to share some of that with us today. But it starts, at least for our purposes, it starts with a mission trip, an extended mission trip that she was able to take just a few months ago. So share with us a little bit about that, please, Arielle. Yeah, so... I went to PNG, which means Papua New Guinea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, in November, in the middle of November, and was there till January. Um, and I went for the purpose of helping a family that just had their fifth child. They were moving there for their first term on the mission field. Mm-hmm. Um, and just. I went to help with all the travel and the luggage and keeping eyes and hands on kids through all that and then the settling in and getting unpacked and everything like that. And it was a really good time. On the end of that trip, I spent a few weeks in Australia with an aunt and uncle who are new missionaries there too. So Very good. So how did God begin working in your heart towards missions? Um, what prompted all of this? trip. <laughs> well, I've grown up with the idea of missions and my family has always had missionaries, hosted missionaries in our house and everything. Yeah. And it was never, it was always something that I thought as of as a possibility for my life, but I'd never been like, this is what I'm called to do. Mm-hmm. But when I, I spent a year at Maranatha Baptist University and um, just in seeing and talking with different missionaries, I started becoming more interested, and I thought eventually that maybe my interest was just based mostly off my desire for adventure, (laughs) and so I really started praying for people's souls. Um, The missionaries that I knew, I would 
pray for them and for the people that they were ministering to for salvation and for growth in the Christians. And the Lord really used that to start directing my desires to want to go to the mission field. So I started praying about missions trip and the family that I went to Papua New Guinea with, the Perkins, they came to the church that I was at, Kettle Moraine Baptist Church, when I was at Maranatha. And I met them there and I asked them the very Sunday I met them if when they went back to Papua New Guinea, if they wanted somebody to go with them to help out. And they told me they'd been praying for that. And the Lord just continued to lead forward from there. Very good. I appreciate that. Um, Ariel, as a young person, recognized maybe her own desires could get in the way of God's will. And yet she submitted those to him. And I especially like when she said she's praying for souls. That's an important thing for all of us to do. But I doubt many of us do it regularly. I know that's something I don't even think to to do often. Maybe the souls that I know personally, but I forget to pray um, just generally that the Lord would be working to lead people into missions so that he can have more worshipers, more people to glorify his name. So you can never go wrong with that kind of prayer, I think. <laughs> that's really good. Um, Okay, so you decided you would help the Perkins get to Papua New Guinea with their five children. They're quite young, aren't they? Yes, the oldest just turned 10. Okay, yeah. And the youngest is seven months now. Okay, so you can imagine that was a struggle to keep everybody happy and fed and changed and <laughs> all going the right direction. Um but a struggle for a 20-year-old then to yep. <laughs> prepare for a trip like that. So tell us some of the ways that God led and prepared for you. So originally, we were planning to leave in April last year, but the Lord kept postponing that based off paperwork taking forever. Mm. Um, and that time of having to be flexible and being prepared to go whenever we got paperwork, but not being able to go and not being able to commit to any kind of work or anything like that because I didn't know when I was going to pick up and leave. The Lord really used that to prepare me just for what um, Papua New Guinea was going to be like and a lot to work in my heart too. So that was a really good time mm. um, of just every day, okay, Lord, what what's today for? <laughs> what do you want for me to do today? And mm. it gave me a lot of freedom to serve in ways I hadn't had before. Mm. Um, and good time to get to know the Perkins family, too, before I was living with them. <laughs> yeah. So that was a real blessing. It was, we were very ready to leave by the time we did. <laughs> and the last piece of paperwork we were waiting on was my visa, which we decided we were going to go ahead and leave without Without it, I was going to go with them and hopefully get to the country and tell them that we'd applied twice and hadn't gotten it and ask them if I could come in anyway. Okay. Um, but the morning we were flying out of Greenville, South Carolina, I got my visa. I got mm -hmm. an email that said it had been accepted and so many people were praying for that. And that was just a huge faith builder and 
the Lord saying, I'm with you and this is what I want for you to do. Mm. So that was very special. Yeah, that is neat. Just when I've heard this story a few times, I know this, but just now when Ariel was telling it, um, I was thinking of Moses and the children of Israel being at the Red Sea. Um, Maybe not quite that dramatic, but they had to put... No, it was when they crossed the Jordan that the the priests had to put their feet in the water before Mm -hmm. it spread and made a path for the people to cross. So I guess we call that walking by faith, literally. (laughs) (laughs) But that's really neat how God provided. Um, All right. And so then once you got there, tell us a little bit about what you saw, what you experienced, but not just physically. What was God doing in your heart at the same time? Yeah. So I didn't know what to expect culture shock to be like. I'd heard about it, but I didn't really know. And so I didn't feel when I got there, like there was a whole lot of the culture shock aspect. Okay. But what I saw, what really hit me as very strange at first, like the first impression I got was there's a bunch of people standing around doing nothing. (laughs) Like we driving from the airport to the mission station we were staying at as about a 30 minute drive. There's like tons of people on the side of the road just sitting doing nothing, um, talking. Some of them, the ladies were like weaving the bags they make and stuff, but it just seemed like nobody had something they had to do somewhere they had to be. Hmm. And that definitely was something that proved to be true and <laughs> consistent through my whole time there. Um, and something also that really hit me was passing the market there. There were tons. Everybody has an umbrella, and they spread their produce out on the ground under their umbrella um, to protect it from the sun or the rain, whichever (laughs) happens to be happening at the moment. Um, But there was just like a sea of umbrellas approaching the marketplace. And then to each umbrella belonged at least two or three people. Mm. And I had just recently listened to a sermon from Isaiah about the coming day of the Lord and the sermon was really cautioning us or admonishing us to remember when we rejoice in the day of the Lord which we should do that that rejoicing isn't for everybody that they have it's going to be the worst day Mm. at the start of a series of the worst things that have ever happened to them Mm. And just to remember while we're rejoicing in the Lord that that is not what it is for people who are unsaved. Um, And just having listened to that and then seeing tons and tons and tons of people all crowded together in one place like that, just spread out over a huge field. It was like, it really hit me. Mm -hmm. Those people are all, when I have the best day of my life, if the Lord comes in my life, are going to begin the worst time ever Mm. that could possibly be for them. Yeah, that's good. Just um, once again, that urgency for souls and for winning the lost, sharing the truth of the gospel with them. Sometimes it's a visual picture that brings that truth home. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. So God worked in your heart about faith worked in your heart about 
telling others and the urgency of that. Any other specific, specific lessons that you remember? Yeah. So everybody says this, <laughs> but missionary life is just like anybody else's life and that it's really simply about being faithful in the daily tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels a lot more exciting. The trip feels so much more wonderful when you're, you've come out of it and are looking back at it um, than it does in the moments you're in it. Mm. Um, and just learning to be faithful in the little moments of putting kids back to bed for the 24th time or <laughs> needing to go to the bathroom, needing a drink, needing a snack, you know, changing a diaper for the 5,000th time. And we have to use cloth diapers over there. So that's not super pleasant. Mm. Um, and laundry and cooking and shopping and all those things. they It's faithfulness and the things the Lord gives us every day. And um, something else that really hit me was that the Lord's work is the same all around the world, through his church, through Mm -hmm. his people. Um, And when I'm investing in my local church here in the States, um, I'm doing the same work that that I am investing in overseas. It's the Lord's kingdom work, building up of the body of Christ. And that was something that the Lord really impressed on me. Mm. That it was his, it's his body that he's building up all around the world, whether that's in my local church, in America, or overseas somewhere. Yeah, very good. That's kind of a neat thing to think about, how many brothers and sisters in Christ we have across this globe worshiping him and doing the same tasks that he's called us to do here in our hometown or wherever we're comfortable. That's good. Yeah, and you always hear people talk about the how special it is to worship with believers that you can't really communicate with at the beginning, and yeah. but you feel that bond, and I figured out why everybody talks about it, because <laughs> it is... It is just such a special thing. That's great. Yeah, that is an amazing thing to experience and a little little taste of heaven, I think. Yeah. yeah. And that lesson about faithfulness in the everyday things, that's an important lesson for this young lady to learn. She has a lot of days ahead of her if the Lord tarries. But it's important for us older women... <laughs> I don't like being categorized that way, but uh, here I am, huh? <laughs> it's important for us to, um, in in our own lives and the things that we do, but also not to belittle that in the lives of the younger generation. And my daughter's getting ready to have a baby, and it's so tempting to give her the, oh, you just wait stories, you know. But instead, I'm trying to just enjoy the moment with her and encourage her through it. Yeah, this is an exciting time. It's hard to wait for the delivery of that baby. And uh, you're going to have so much fun instead of, oh, it's going to be so much work, you know. (laughs) But 
I think that's a good lesson for all of us, that there is no difference between a secular and sacred work. It's all sacred work when it's done for the Lord's glory. Good. All right. Anything else about Papua New Guinea, or do you want to go on with the story? Hmm. Well, I have to <laughs> tell about the stick stick cars. Okay. <laughs> the men there don't do a whole lot of work. They're not expected to. The women do the work, but they have these stick stick cars um, that they make <laughs> and drive around all over with them. That's what they call them, stick stick cars. It's made out of a long bamboo pole, and they build a little car at the end they cut the wheels out of old falling apart shoes out of the rubber sole mm. and build their little cars. And you just see all the men walking around on the road, driving their stick stick cars <laughs> on the end of their poles. Do they have any purpose? Nope. Okay. They're just toys. <laughs> Not even a status symbol or anything? Um, there might be status to it that I don't know about or understand. Uh-huh. Very interesting. Yeah. I guess every culture has their thing. Maybe they don't have iPhone 212 or whatever number they're <laughs> on, but they still have their things. <laughs> All right. So when when the time at Papua New Guinea was over, then you went to Australia to be with aunt and uncle. David and Naomi Minnick. Yes. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, so right before I left the country, Papua New Guinea, I got stuck there for a few days because of a a um, disagreement between fuel and electric companies. So all the flights were shut down for a few days. That's the sign of a good mission trip, right? When the transportation companies are on a strike and you get stuck. <laughs> so God true. wants me here forever. Uh, um Anyway, in those last those last few days were so precious and the Lord I think that one of the reasons he got had me get stuck was for the encouragement of mm. a young girl that I met there who's been there for a couple years and just really seemed to need some good fellowship with somebody who she could relate with and connect with. Mm. And that was really precious. Um but a man at the mission station, I was staying at when I got stuck um, told me that culture shock was going to be a lot worse coming back to a first world country than mm. it would be going into a third world country and he told me it would be things like anger confusion wanting to change what I was seeing around me in the culture and I was like okay yeah sure and he told me not to make any life decisions for two weeks after getting back to the states <laughs> Um, but anyway, when I got off the airplane in Australia, I got so mad right away, <laughs> um, because of just the lack of clothing. Mm. Um, everybody in Papua New Guinea, just, you, they're very covered. And I just got off the airplane and it's summer in Australia, people traveling for vacation and everything. And, mm. um, was like why doesn't anybody wear clothes here <laughs> but then I had to realize oh wait this is normal this is a culture shock I've never felt so angry about this before in my life yeah. um and just but there were a lot of little things like that mm. that I felt upset about that 
had just been normal part of life to me before mm-hmm. um so that was interesting yeah. but so my aunt and uncle that i went to be with um david and naomi minnick they just had their sixth baby and their oldest is also 10 um mm-hmm. And they just, they're in Brisbane, Australia, and trying to start a church plant, have been working on getting contacts and spreading the gospel and getting to know believers that are there. And I got to be in Brisbane for their very first Sunday Bible study that they had. So that was really special. Yeah, that's very neat. Um, They had 11 people there at the church and... um, it was really neat. There's a lot of different cultures um, mixed together there. It's pretty easy to migrate to Australia, I guess. And mm-hmm. so there were some people from Africa, Rwanda, Africa, mm-hmm. um, some people from China, um, some people from Mexico, mm-hmm. and some Australians. Mm-hmm. So that was really neat to get to see that. Wow. Just an interesting side note here, not really related, but sort of. When I was in college, just about Ariel's age, I got to go on a mission trip to Australia, and I was actually in the church in the home of David Minnick's parents, Tracy and Debbie Minnick. So, small world. (laughs) Australia is a long way away, but interesting that we were serving with the same family. Yeah. So my uncle would have been a little kid when yeah. she was there. <laughs> I'm not even sure he was alive. I don't know. It was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that time was really precious. And because my aunt was um, is nursing a baby, mm-hmm. has to be up late at night. I got to have lots of encouraging and theological conversations with my mm-hmm. aunt and uncle late into the night. And it kind of piqued a lot of the things that I had begun to learn mm-hmm. in Papua New Guinea. And just talking through them with people who've had similar experiences and yeah. similar mission philosophy and everything really just helped clarify and bring a lot of those things to good. a good peak. So. That's fun to have that kind of iron sharpening iron conversation and instruction I guess good so you were in Australia not very long just a short time yeah two weeks two two and a half weeks almost okay she Ariel had another eventful trip back to the United States which she told me she shared some of that with me and it was it was a doozy (laughs) (laughs) she's been through a lot of travel now though and so the Lord has been leading and opening doors for a future direction now. You want to tell us what that's about? Yeah, so the missions trip I did was through GFA, Gospel Fellowship Association, and they have a ministry review meeting with their interns when they get back to the States. And um, by the way, if you're interested in doing a missions trip, GFA has some great programs for um, for going short term or visits to mission fields for younger and older people. <laughs> um, anyway, so at my ministry review meeting, 
when I was just talking about my time in PNG and then my time in Australia and some of the things the Lord had done and taught me. Um, the Dr. Patterson and Mr. Crawford, just some of the men at GFA, asked me if I would be willing to consider spending a year in Australia with my aunt and uncle. And I was like, oh, whoa, that's a lot. <laughs> but yes, I'd be willing to consider it. Um, and so then I prayed about it and cried and talked with my dad and prayed about it and talked with other people and prayed about it. <laughs> <laughs> and the Lord really does seem to be directing clearly in that way. And my desires have been back and forth. I didn't think I wanted to, and then I did, and then I didn't. <laughs> um, but our desires aren't really the biggest deciding factor, although it is good for our desires to want to serve the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, he led clearly, I would say, through my parents. Um, following your parents is very important, and they're very supportive of me doing this very um, excited about me going to Australia and then just several other people in the local church which we see in Acts that that's how the Lord confirms his calling to people mm -hmm. um, just came to me and said well we heard you might be doing this and we think it's a great idea and that you're very well fitted with your gifts for the ministry that you'll be having there doing there and so through that, I decided to commit to it <laughs> and talked with GFA and I'm starting to get everything set up and my desires are definitely following now Good. and I'm getting more and more excited as I pray for the people there. I know I'll be spending time with and ministering to and mm -hmm. just get everything set up and ready to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'll be going to Papua New Guinea at the beginning of that year too, which starts in at the end of April so not very far away right going to Papua New Guinea to help with a building project to help feed guys that are coming to build good um, and then hopping over to Australia for a year okay that's very exciting and again I'm just thrilled to hear Ariel sharing these things and I noticed once again prayer was a big part of this decision and that's a challenge to my heart what are we praying about? What are we praying for? What are we praying towards? Um, if you're not praying that God would give you a ministry, it doesn't have to be in Papua New Guinea or Australia. It can be with your next door neighbor, in your church, um, at work, whatever. But if you're not praying for a ministry, I would encourage you to start praying for one. Ask the Lord to reveal to you what he has for you. And it doesn't have to be a formal, I am starting this particular ministry. It could be, but it might just be encouragement. Maybe he wants you to write letters to the missionaries who are on the field. Maybe he wants you to have a prayer ministry or something with the shut-ins that are part of your church. I don't know. But I think you probably have an idea, and I know that the Lord does. So let's pray about that and ask for his direction and his favor um, and let's walk by faith as Ariel shared and we know countless hundreds and thousands of missionaries that have done that before 
And again, you don't have to go overseas to walk by faith. <laughs> That's a necessary part of life for every Christian, every believer. So, Well, I've just been encouraged to see your life and the things God is doing with you, Miss Ariel. Thank you for being willing to share that with us today. Is there anything else you wanted to add that we've forgotten or not covered yet? Yeah, I touched on this a little bit, but really our ministry as believers on this earth until Christ comes is to build up the body of Christ, um, whether that's by adding people to it through um, evangelism mm -hmm. and bringing people to knowledge of the Lord, or whether that is ministering and building up our brothers and sisters in Christ we already have. And the Lord gives us spiritual gifts for the purpose of building up his body. Um, and uh, that is something that doesn't require going overseas to do. But I feel privileged that the Lord has led me in that way. But whoever you are and wherever you are, just make sure the resources and gifts that the Lord has given you are being used for building up his body. Mm -hmm. um, which is for the purpose of his glory in eternity. Amen. Very well said. Well, let's close our time in prayer and dedicate this to the Lord. Father, we're grateful for your leading and direction in Ariel's life. for bringing all these pieces together. The fact that she met the Perkins, that the timing was good for her to help them as they moved even the long waiting times, both in the States and in Papua New Guinea, um, were orchestrated by your sovereignty and your good hand. So we just thank you for what you have done and the evidence of that, um, the fruit of that. And we pray for those who are listening to this podcast that maybe they're already seasoned um, Christians who have been serving in ministry for years and years, I pray that those hearts would be encouraged and um, propelled forward to keep on serving you. Maybe there are younger Christians listening or those who have not yet found their place of service, the, the niche that you want them to fit in. And I pray that they would be propelled forward to pray for that and to search for that and to follow by faith wherever it is that you may lead them. Help each one of us to serve faithfully in the place where you plant us. And just as Ariel said, may your name be glorified and your church be built as a result. And we'll praise you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You've been listening to the Think Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Smith. Please visit us at our website, www.thinkbible.online, to learn more about our ministry or to take advantage of the resources we have there for you. That's www.thinkbible.online. You can also find us at Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the name Think Bible. Until next time. Let's all think and live biblically for the glory of God.